Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody. It's Tuesday. I'm so happy to be with everybody today. Thank you so much for listening. I'm opening up the chat room right now. So to everybody who wants to chat away with us today, I'm opening up the chat room in a moment. Um, how was everybody's night last night? I have to tell you, I went to an event um, in the city. I can't remember it was on um, 46th Street and between like 11th and 12th Avenue, and it was Jay Will Jay Jay Williams Rising Stars um, Youth Organization, and he's got a, a, a foundation. He used to play for the Chicago Bulls. He's a young brother, 28 years old, I believe he is, um, if I remember correctly. And uh, he has an organization uh, that 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 is his preferred charity, the Rising Stars Foundation. And, of course, he gets all of his um, basketball peers. He played for the Chicago Bulls. That was his last, uh, you know, last team that he played for before he was injured. And his mom coordinated the event. His mother is really sweet. Big shout-out to Miss Althea Williams. She's a very, very nice lady. So last night they had a reception and, um, you know, a fundraiser. It's all about raising the money. And, and and they raised a lot of money last night. So big shout-out to everybody that went to the Rising Stars Youth um, Fundraiser last night. It was it was really nice. They had the hors d'oeuvres, and the celebrities were out in full force. So I had a good time. Big mistake I did, <laughs> and I put it on Facebook and I put it on Twitter as well, is I wore heels. And there's nothing wrong with wearing heels. Nothing at all. But I thought... Silly me, I thought uh, the bus, because I try not to drive into the city sometimes just because the traffic is so bad, so I park my car and take the bus in, and I thought if I take the bus and, you know, park my car, the bus is going to let me off, you know, where I'm supposed to be, and the bus took a wrong turn, (laughs) and the bus took me towards downtown, almost by 34th Street, so I had to walk from 34th Street almost 34th Street, all the way up to 46th and 7th Avenue, all the way to the west side by 12th Avenue. So for those of uh, those New Yorkers know how far that is, and I had on like three-inch heels, so I, I definitely won't do that again. <laughs> but it was a nice event nonetheless. But anyway, my ankles are paying for it. Uh, my ankles are paying for it this morning, so... Uh, anyway, just want to talk a little bit today. That was that was a nice event. So I had to give a big shout out. Um, a little bit about this great book that I read, and the name of the book is called The Ultimate Happiness Prescription: Seven Keys to Joy and Enlightenment. And a lot of times, um, you know, this show has a really nice dose of spirituality and faith and. Just even with us talking about spirituality and faith and metaphysics and 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 the world and where we fit in the world, um, sometimes or at times there's been kind of like um, just a little I don't even want to say a conflict, but just kind of a a a, a, a slight hmm, difference in ph- philosophical beliefs. How's that? That sounded good, right? A slight difference in philosophical beliefs. Um, but the beauty of the show is that we can all come together, we can still be friends, and we can share um, why we feel differently about certain things and why other people feel differently about certain things and, and, and discuss our beliefs and have spirited conversations and really enjoy and respect everybody's spirituality. 
So just, you know, one one afternoon I was in the library and I found this book, The Ultimate Happiness Prescription. And it's a small book, uh, you know, probably about the palm, a little bit bigger than the palm of your hand. Everyone knows that I strongly recommend the book, The Four Agreements. That's a really, really good book. It's, uh, I recommended it to one of my friends and she can't put it down. But if you can, you can go on Amazon.com and get The Four Agreements. That's really, um, you know, that's a... a you can get it very inexpensively. Um, but the whole concept behind the ultimate happiness prescription, seven keys to joy and enlightenment, it, I'll just read you from the back. And, and let, me, let me tell you, I am not one of those people that just kind of um, blindly follows these self-help gurus. And I don't do that. I actually, you know, see if it fits in my life and see if it can fit into the the lives of my readers and when I do, um, my listeners, I'm sorry because I'm looking at a book, um, but but when I do, I want to bring something good to you. And, and just also know that I actually got this one from my local public library because I'm such a reader, I don't, um, I, I really don't have the money <laughs> to buy all the books that I would really like to buy. But anyway, I'm going to read some excerpts today from the book and I really hope you get it. Um, you know, this is, this is really just uh, from the Cy Brown place of love, not you know, I, I guess it is an endorsement. I guess it is an endorsement, but anyway, the gist of it, it's a good book, and I read it, and I thought you would like it, so how about that? <laughs> but I'll read from the back of the book, and then I'll I'll read the um, the sub, you know, pieces of the book that I think will be really, really helpful. Anyway, the ultimate happiness prescription, seven keys to joy and enlightenment. It says on the back, New York Times bestselling author Deepak, Deepak Chopra unlocks the doors to total fulfillment by helping you recognize true happiness and not settle for less, find true self-esteem, which doesn't depend on anything outside you, return to the state of joy, peace, and spontaneous fulfillment that is your natural birthright, focus on the present and learn to live it fully, experience enlightenment, even the briefest glimpses of unity consciousness have a transformative effect, and these are available to us right now. This book and just my whole um my whole personal walk into into enlightenment and, and personal development and fulfillment really 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 changed my life and there's i'm i'm going to read to you i'll read to you right now the seven keys but there's a few of them that i have found to be the most helpful um the first key is be aware of your body the second key is find true self esteem the third key is detoxify your life. The fourth key is give up being right. The fifth key is focus on the present. The sixth key is see the world in yourself. And the seventh key is live for enlightenment. Now, a lot of times when we when we read these books from these, you know, personal self-help people and things like that, we may or may not believe what they say but if you try it you may like it and it's kind of personal for me because in 2003 when I rededicated my life back to God I re I went to the I went to church and I went through the whole process and I've shared with you that you know once I was like okay Jesus is the head of my life I'm going to live by Jesus's teachings and I believe in God my life still sucked, <laughs> and I say that in the most real and honest way. I don't feel my life changed at all. You can go to the altar, you can have a pastor, you can have a church, you can start ushering, 
But unless you change who you are on the inside and really ask God to change you, nothing is going to change. I promise you that. I promise you. And I've had this conversation with so many people that we think that church is the magic bullet and church is not the magic bullet. I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you, if you don't change yourself, church cannot fix you. So uh, to all of those people who I love so dearly that go to church every Sunday and Bible study on Wednesday, just because you go to church, that does not make you a good person. It doesn't make you a better person than people that don't go to church, and it damn sure won't change your life for the better. So take that. <laughs> um, but I say it in the most respectful way. I remember Joyce Meyer said one time, um, just because you go into a, a, a garage, that doesn't make you a car. And so I, I use that analogy a lot, particularly when I talk to my young students when I'm, when I'm preaching. I tell them, just because you go to church, that doesn't mean you live a saved and, and sanctified life. It doesn't work that way. And when I really started to look at what God is and, and who God is, and how do I fit into the universe, it was at that point that I fully started to understand what it is I'm supposed to do here on the earth. My life got better. My friends changed. Oh, trust me, my friends, who I thought were my friends, dropped like flies. They're like, you're different, you're acting funny. No, it's when you start to really look through your third eye at what's real and what's not real, it really starts to change who you are from the inside. And that, in my opinion really begins your path to enlightenment. There's one section in the book that I think should probably, they should write a whole book about just this, and it's focus on the present. And I think, excuse me, I think that's probably the most um, important element to living an enlightened, Christ-filled life. Focus on right now. Focus on where we are right now. This this does not mean, and by any stretch of the imagination, is this meant to meant for you to go out and spend because we may not see tomorrow. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is stay fully present in the moment. Stay fully present in the moment. That one smidgen of advice has changed my life. Stay fully present. I have um, people yell at me all the time because they call me and my voicemail is full or they call me and, I'm, they, and I never answer the phone. You know why? I'm going to tell you why. So for all of those people that are always wondering and I haven't had a chance to tell you, I'm going to tell you why right now. That's because when I am on the phone with someone, I am on the phone with someone. That's it. When I am on the phone with someone, I am on the phone with someone. I do not take text messages. I do not use call waiting unless it's like, unless I feel in my spirit that it's something that I have to have to take. So what happens is because I'm on the phone a lot, a lot of my calls end up going to voicemail, and it takes me a minute to call people back sometimes. But what I always say to that is, well, when I'm on the phone with you, I'm on the phone with you. So once you get me on the phone, it's all about the conversation between you and I. And that's just one example that I have implemented in my life to stay fully, fully, fully present. When my mom was making her transition, um, like that last week, I sent out a notice on Facebook. I sent out a couple notices on Facebook. Um, it was actually therapeutic for me, but a friend of mine sent me a text message and said, Sai, stay fully present. You're never going to get this moment back. And when he said that, I automatically stopped communication with everything. No phone calls, no, unless, of course, it was like our family that, you know, come into the hospital or whatever. 
but I stayed fully in the moment. And let me tell you, please try it today. Please, please, please. When you stay fully present and when you stay fully in the moment, you realize you're not even on earth. I'm telling you. It, it, sounds, it, it may sound trippy, but listen to what I'm saying. When you stay fully present in the moment, it seems as though nothing else is around you. Try it. Just try it today. When you're talking to someone or, or um, when someone is speaking to you, a lot of this has to do with meditation. So maybe we should do a show on meditation one day, but just, just hear me out. When, if someone comes to talk to you today at your desk, look them right in the eye and literally just imagine nothing but white around you. Just imagine nothing but white all around you and focus all of your attention on the words, the, their emotions behind the words, their skin complexion, their nose hairs, their lips moving. Their, I'm telling you, when you start to do that, you start to have a whole different level of understanding and meaning of people, of conversations, of your surroundings, of your, of your awareness, of your third eye, of your intuition. I'm telling you this stuff works. I'm not telling you from some tape I heard or for, from some whatever. I'm telling you what I've tried over these last couple of years and what really works. And then what happens is people now, when they talk to me, they love talking to me because they know I have their undivided attention. And you know what's so funny? I used to do that to my kids when my kids were little. What you ever see, and, and, and to people that, excuse me today, I'm so sorry, to people that talk to little kids, if a child is talking to you, right, why don't, instead of you looking down to them, squat down. Squat down, not necessarily on your knees, but like if you're doing a squat, and get down on their level. It changes the dynamic of your relationship. Why? Because you've just removed any barriers of superiority and inferiority. And that is where a child's self-esteem starts to grow and develop. It has nothing to do with I'm the mother or I'm the auntie and you're the child. No. Now, if it's a situation where you're reprimanding them, that's very different. But I'm saying little people are people too. Stay fully present in the moment. And I'll tell you, even when I'm, I'm doing this show, and, and, and I multitask, you guys hear me say all the time, I think I have ADD because I'm always between the chat room, and how many times do I miss a cue or how many times do I miss something because I'm multitasking? Now, this is fun. You know, doing the show and hanging out with everybody for a half an hour every day to me is really, really fun. But what I'm saying is just even in that task itself, Somebody can be calling in, and I'm missing that because I'm in the chat room, and then I'm in the chat room, and then the song is over, and I'm not. Just even in that little thing right there, staying fully present, fully in the moment, hanging on to every second, that's where change and enlightenment and your path really, really, really starts to, to, to shoot off. I got a bit of advice from someone, and I was having a little bit of trouble with time management, and to any person who's busy or has 50 things to do, listen to this, listen to this. What do we do? We usually say, tomorrow I have to do this, tomorrow I have to do that, on Thursday I have to do this, right? That's what we all say, right? That's just, that's what we say. I stopped planning my day and started planning my minutes. I started planning my minutes and stopped planning my day. 
feel me on this one. So as opposed to saying, okay, on Thursday I have to take care of this, or on Thursday I have, or, or Saturday I have to go grocery, no. I started to plan by minutes. So Thursday at 1 o'clock, this is what I have to do. And it sounds really simple, but it's not, trust me. It works when you're really trying to stay fully present and fully there in each moment. Because think about it, if you just say, okay, on Wednesday morning I have to do this, you're not allowing yourself the time to get that task completed, and you can introduce um, introduce the your, your you introduce your inability to stay fully present with that particular task. I hope what I'm saying is making sense to people. I hope I hope I'm not. I hope you're getting it the way I'm trying to say it. I literally plan my life minute by minute by minute. Literally, literally, because that way I'm allowed to stay fully present in that moment with all of my attention without deviating from what I'm supposed to do. That is how you start to build personal relationships, one-on-one relationships, where you spend time with yourself, you start loving yourself, people start treating you differently. You know why people started will start to treat you differently? Because there's a sense of uh, of being genuine. Because when you're talking with them, you're talking with them. You're talking from your spirit to their spirit. And I'm going to tell you something. If I think somebody's spirit is funky, they will not get my time of day. I promise you. I I just I can't have that. I need to make sure that I have as much peace and as much harmony and as much love in my life as possible. And a lot of it has to do with my listeners. A lot of it has to do with my Facebook family. A lot of it just has to do with the people that I live with, the the people with cancer, the caregivers that I deal with, the donors to my mom's foundation. I deal with I don't want to say hundreds, but I deal with a lot of people during the day, just on many facets. And you know what? I try my darndest when I'm on when I'm dealing with that person. I try to deal with them one on one. At that point in time, they are the only person that matters. And what happens is, they will say to you, "Wow, you're kind of different." It's not that. That's the Christ in you recognizing the Christ in them. And once you really start to live your life in that way. You, that's when you start to live Christ-like, not chastising someone because they wore inappropriate clothes to church or whenever you worship or wherever you worship. That's when people start to recognize the Christ in you. I want to talk about, let me get the book. That's the most, to me, that's the most important. The name of the book is The Ultimate Happiness Prescription, Seven Keys to Joys and Enlightenment. And the one that I just, that I touched on is, Focus on the present, which is the fifth key. Obviously, there's six more. Be aware of your body. Find true self-esteem. Detoxify your life. Give up being right. Focus on the present. See the world in yourself and live for enlightenment. Um, Let me just see what's going on in the chat room because I actually opened it and closed it on my computer screen so I could stay fully present and get the information that was out of my head to you all, to to the listening audience. Wow, there's a lot of, oh, my goodness. What's up, Dewan? That's my engineer. Oh, it's so good to see you. Um, PD said, oh, yeah, the, ch- the, the chat room was, yeah, I had a, a little, there was just a, a little bit of a delay when opening up the chat room. But I'm so happy you're here, RG. He says, sorry, I'm late. Um, and he also put the caller is the center of attention. PD put, I feel so guilty about multitasking when I'm communicating with my friends. See, RG puts, that is getting rather intimate and fosters a deeper relationship with people. Yeah, 
it, that's really what it's about. And, and this has nothing to do with church or religion. This has to do with, with people and your own personal development. That's why I tag a lot of these shows with personal development because I really, I remember telling one of my friends when I was in high school, we were like, well, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I was like, I just want to learn. I just want to, like, if I can be a lifelong college student. And I remember saying this in, like, the ninth or tenth grade, as corny as that sounds. And just even on that note, it's so funny because when we're, like, seven, there was a study that I read, I think it was, like, in the New York Times a couple years ago, that people people ultimately realized what they wanted to do when they grew, grew up when they were seven. But funny how when we're like seven, you're like, I want to be a doctor, I want to be this. You know, we want to be all of these things, and then life takes over and we end up going, you know, deviating and going someplace else. But I just remember, even as a kid, I mean, I loved to learn. I was always in the, you know, quote-unquote smart class. So it's no surprise that I literally read newspapers and books and blogs all day long. So I'm just blessed, and I thank God that I'm able to do this every single day, but it's it's not really easy, you know, because what happens is once you know, then you know, and so I think uh, e- just by even hosting this show, it gives me an outlet to share some of the stuff that's going on in Cy Brown's head <laughs> every day, because I do know a lot of stuff. It doesn't make me smarter than anybody. It just makes me a little bit different. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, thank you, everybody, to all the warm wishes that are in the chat room. Out of all of the seven, and I don't want to run out of time, there's two uh, two things that I really have to um, stress out of all the seven. Number one, well, number one was focus on the present, but it's the fourth key, which I feel is probably the second most important in life, and it's called give up being right. I always tell my older son, oh, my gosh, this kid, he always has to be right. He will argue you down, and finally, if you relent and just say, all right, you got it, he still feels he's right. And one day I taught him, I told him, I said, you know what? You can win the battle, but you're going to lose the war every time. And so, and I use it as an example in his engagement with me. Like sometimes, and maybe an adult wouldn't agree, but I'm just like, you know what, you got it. Because I just don't feel like arguing anymore, even though he was a kid. And I, he would think he would walk off with his chest all puffed out, and I'm thinking, hmm, I'll get him. Next time he wants to go somewhere, next time he wants to do something, next time he needs allowance, I got you, boo. Well, the funny thing is, when I, when he, as he got a little older and became a teenager, I remember telling him, you want to be right all the time? You can. You can feel you're right. But you know what? You can win the battle, but ultimately you're going to lose the war. Give up the need to be right. Give up the need to have the last word. That's the bigger person, and that gives you power beyond measure. Think about Jesus. Think about Jesus. He never badgered anybody. And I'm just using Jesus because I feel he's like the master teacher of of life. Um, But if you think about it, Give up being right. Is it always necessary to have the last word? I don't think so. And the, and the third thing that I feel is the most important that has helped me in my own personal life, just my own personal life, was see the world in yourself. See the world in yourself. That really is so important because it's not just seeing the world in yourself. It's seeing people's spirits. That's what it's about. It's about seeing someone's spirit, seeing their aura. I remember when I first started reading about metaphysics and life and spirituality a few years ago. I'm like, man, that stuff is corny. That's a bunch of palm reader, you know, hocus pocus. But it's so not the case. 
I remember when I moved to Atlanta, I moved with KRS, and his wife was looking, well, we needed a caregiver. I hate to use the word nanny, but we needed caregivers for our children. So I told her, well, I'll put an ad out, and we'll ask for references, and da-da-da-da-da. Well, she was in the grocery store and found this really nice lady and hired her. And I'm like, are you crazy? This lady can be a serial killer. She can be, she can be anybody, you know, and you're just going to let her watch the kids? And she said, I go by their spirit, Saida, and she has a nice spirit. And that's something at that time I had no, no, no awareness of. I was just like, no, I need references. I need to see this. I need to see that. And you know something? When you see the world in yourself, you're really a reflection. If you have crappy friends, maybe you're a crappy person. If you have great friends, to me that's an indication that you're a great person. If you have sorry-ass friends, maybe you're a sorry-ass person. Sorry, had to say it that way. But you can't, you know, I've always said you are the average of your five closest friends. So if your five closest friends are really not the most stellar people or are not going in the direction that you really want to go, and maybe you need to take a look at yourself. And this is not to come down or criticize anybody, but this is really a moment in time to take a snapshot look at yourself and see today is really the day to create the life that you want. And I tweet that and blog that a lot. Very frequently I say, today is a day to create the life that you want. And I really believe that the illiterate of the 21st century will not be those who can't read and write, but those who cannot learn, unlearn, and relearn. I'm going to repeat that. The illiterate of the 21st century will not be those who cannot read or write, but those who cannot learn, unlearn, and relearn. And that's for real. Um, we're almost out of time. Wow, the, the time went so fast. I just want to um, share with you really quickly what's in the chat room. <laughs> PZ put, if Sai is my friend, that means I'm a good person. Um, maybe not necessarily, you know, maybe not necessarily. You can't always um, build your reputation off the coattails of others, but uh, a friend is a pretty deep word. And, you know, if, we, if, if you can call that person and you you frequently engage with that person, then no matter what, even if you're not on that person's level, not necessarily between you and I, but they'll pull you up. And that's why you have to have friends that, and, and people within your sphere of influence that are really doing things and that are really encouraging and that are really positive, because if you don't, you'll never grow. So I, I just ask you today, <clears throat> excuse me, to stay fully present. When you have conversations with people, particularly ch children or elderly, Focus in on them. Try to find the Christ in them, no matter how difficult it may seem. Really try to find the God in them and let the God that lives in all of us, if you're saved or not, God does live in all of us, let that shine through. And so um, I wanted to share this book with you again. It's called The Ultimate Happiness Prescription, Seven Keys to Joy and Enlightenment. Great, great book. Um, the price, $19.99, but as I shared with you, I got mine from the library, so just get it from the library if you can. Um, and thank you for listening. Just thank you for everybody that listened in on the switchboard through their cell phones. Thank you to everybody who joined me in the chat room. Um, big shout-out to Dewan, who I know loves the show but can't always listen as frequently as he can. So big shout-out to you, Big D. My regards to Carol and the family, so thank you. And remember that we shall pass through this world but once. Any good, therefore, that we can do or any kindness that we can show to any human being, let us do it now. Let us not defer or neglect it, for we shall not pass this way again. I love you all, and I'll see you tomorrow at 9. Peace.